Hey, everybody, this is my wife, Tara Lee. She's the hot one of the family. Um, yeah, there is. Of course there is. There's no button. Never mind. It's just on. Just talk about it. Check, check. There you go. Oh, there we go. Ah, that must I be can... one of the older microphones then, because the new ones have the button. You know, usually I'm sitting there yeah. for the past decade, and there's so many stories that go on about me. Yeah. What would you like to share? My today? first thing I thought of was, what stories can I tell How about can time? You me? Yeah. <laughs> what came to your mind? Uh, no, oh, one did. Oh. You are amazing. All of them were good stories, except for one crazy story. What's the crazy story? Can you tell that publicly? The day you and Marcus were supposed to go buy lettuce. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. That's a normal dad. I felt like that yesterday. I went out shopping for her Mother's Day dinner, and I literally, I took one of the Trader Joe employees, and I literally made them my personal shopper. And I'm like, where's, what's CD salt? Siddiqui? Siddiqui? Tzatziki. What's flatbread? <laughs> What is orchetta or what, I don't know what is what was the pasta it was orzo orzo yeah like, whatever <laughs> yeah yeah so that was my first thought but I don't have so anything the in my you're notes. referring to is me and my buddy Marcus were sent to the store I can tell oh you want to tell I can tell the story <laughs> so listen 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 these guys were like is Marcus older than you I don't even we're know like twenty and twenty three. Like, just totally, you know what I'm saying? And so... But brilliant in other ways. Brilliant in so many other ways. But domestically, I'm not sure what happened. So we were grilling out. We were at Marcus and Sarah's house. And everything was almost ready. And Sarah's like, look, the burgers will be done in like 10 minutes. And all I... I forgot lettuce. You guys need to run to the store. Now, in Michigan, everything's just a couple miles away. Meyer Thrifty Acres, which some of you have heard of. We just need you to run there, guys. You'll be back in less than 10 minutes. Get a head of lettuce. <sighs> this is before everyone just had a cell phone like yeah, in their back pocket. Yeah. So 45 minutes later, they walk in the door. We're like, what happened to you? We were nervous. Like, no, we, we, we don't know. We got distracted talking inside the doorway. Inside the doorway of what? No, we got lost. Oh, my goodness. We got, well, we, we had a little lost. Two turns, one store, one item. We took the back road. So Marcus says, here, babe, I got you your lettuce. She's like, Marcus, this is cabbage. <laughs> but that looks the same in my defense. Uh, there's no distinguishable difference between cabbage and lettuce. It's a big there is. of green. So I just want you to know that anytime you invite me up here, yeah, just there might be a bonus thing. story, y'all. You can tell one story because I tell a lot of stories about me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're awesome like that. Thank you. So, hey, uh, major props though. My wife, uh, my wife just recently um, picked up. Um, you know, she's working as a, a martial arts instructor in the evening, and it's really, really cool. But uh, there's been this thing where, like, I have to like do more, right? And I was, I had to like, sh- I had to like shuttle my children around the other day, and I'm like, dear lord, I feel like a doggone taxi service, or a, I'm a Uber, I'm a, I'm a Tuber, I'm a. All the moms said, yeah, like, amen. I felt like it, and I thought, wow, what a great woman. She does this all the time. So anyway, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, we're very distracted. We should probably get Okay, yep, amen. Yep, you do your thing. Hey, so uh, welcome. We're in a series, just so you know, called Close Encounters, and um, the weird, spooky Close Encounters video didn't roll, but we're still in this series called Close Encounters, and I thought since it's Mother's Day, there is a close encounter in the scriptures of what we might refer to as like the, the greatest mom ever, and that would be Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? Like she kind of like, if you carry the son of God in your womb, that's just, you get that, right? You, you're the greatest mom ever because 
Apparently, your kid changed the world, right? So remember, you know those annoying moms that put, like, my kids on the honor roll at such and such kids, and they kind of they brag about their kids or whatever. And then you have the snarky mom that would be like, my dumb kid would beat up your honor roll kid. Right? But anyway, but, like, Mary could have put, like, my kid's the son of God. Bam. Yeah, mic drop. Yeah, whatever. So, um, you know, so, so Mary, but Mary begins her life with an incredible encounter. Like, that's how this whole thing starts. And so, again, throughout Scripture, here's what we really want for you. We want every one of you to be on a regular basis experiencing the presence of God. Now, there's times in your life where these encounters are huge and over the top and they, they require a big story. But, like, you want to be living a life. That experiences the presence of God. And so there's these great moments in scripture. Like for example, like Abraham hears a voice from heaven. Now I've never heard an audible voice. I think I'd be a little freaked out. But Abraham has that and it changes his life. Jacob wrestles with an angel of the Lord and it changes his life. You know, again, Moses talks to a burning bush. It's just these weird moments. Sometimes your God story can be weird. Be careful who you tell that to, yeah? All right, I don't you want to share that with anybody, but, but some people. Um, but Mary has an experience where she literally has a conversation with an angel. She's a little girl, probably no more than 13 or 14 years old. And an angel shows up. And this is, well, this is just how the story goes. This is Luke 1, verse 26. We would really refer to this as kind of the Christmas story. But let's focus in on the encounter part here. It says, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. To a virgin who was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. Now, all that's important, but that's not the main part. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Well, Mary was greatly troubled at his words because, well, you'd freak out too if that happened to you. You know, all of a sudden this angelic being is like, hey, what's up? It's okay. You're favored. You know, you're like, ah. So Mary was greatly troubled in his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And I love Mary's response because I think this is a very typical response that we would give. Um, how's that going to work out since I am a virgin? I don't know if you know how biology works here. Um, so anyway, yeah, it, it takes two to tango. And so, so Mary has this incredible encounter with God. And it sets up, again, the birth of Jesus. And, and, and one of the things that I think that I immediately think about when I think about this story is um, her reaction is so very much what we would do. Because we live in a world where, where logic matters. Biology matters, the science matters, the information and the data matter. And we, we're all trying to figure out like, okay, God, how can this be? And many times what happens is, is that God actually wants to do something in your life that is so big, so incredible, so life-changing. But our instinct is to say, well, how's that going to work out? Like, how, I don't know about that, God. I'm not sure that's going to happen. You know, I, I felt that way when we took on this legacy project to buy this building because I can do math. Well, I have a calculator, right? So like I'm sitting there saying, okay, God, here's this opportunity to buy this building. Well, here's our church and here's the numbers and here's, and y'all know what California real estate is like. There's something evil about it. And so you're sitting there looking at like, and I'm sitting there saying, uh, God, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. 
And, and so, again, that's just kind of a thing that, that we're all challenged with. Is, is, and I would say this if you're taking notes. Never underestimate how much God wants to do in you and through you. You just have no idea. You never know. Sometimes the biggest things and sometimes the smallest things even. You can't quantify what it is that God wants to do in you and through you. And so your reaction might be, but God, I've done the math. God, I did the biology. But at some point, just never, ever count God out. Because the Bible says that with men, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, now check out what, what else happens in this encounter because there's some cool parts if you keep reading the story. Verse 38 says this. This is Mary's ultimate response. Her ultimate response is, well, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So that's how you get angels to stop bothering you. Just say yes. Right? Okay. Whatever you say, I'll just do it. I imagine Gabriel would be like, look, I'm not leaving until you say yes. It's like a used car salesman. You're like, nope, you got to sign. And so, but, but the point is this, is that whenever God presents an opportunity, you just say yes. Like have a yes spirit about you. Like that's what you want. You want to have like a, okay, God, whatever you say, whatever it takes, I'm down. And, and, and there's an amount of trust that takes place there. Because usually there's a resistance. There's almost a no in us. Or a, well, I don't think so. Or we go back to the math and the biology and the facts and the details and all this stuff. And God said, I just, want you to, I just want you to trust me. And so whenever God presents this incredible opportunity, because you got to remember, you and I won't be presented with this opportunity, but we'll be presented with our own God opportunity. And when it comes to you and God's word, always be in the spirit of yes. Yes, God, whatever. Yeah, what, and you know this to be true because every once in a while you'll have an experience where you feel like God wanted you to do something. And if you didn't do it, you immediately walk away. You're like, you regret it, don't you? You're like, oh, I should have done that. Oh, I knew God was giving me an open door. Oh, I knew God gave me a moment. And so my encouragement to you is, again, always be in the world of yes. You know, we, we do this all the time when we teach you things. Like, right? Like we, like we encourage you to worship. And some of you men aren't saying yes. You're mumbling with your hands in your pocket. Now I'm wanting you to like, no, sing, shout hallelujah. Because you, you know the, the, the scriptures that speak of praising God and worshiping God and clapping your hands or the musical instruments or whatever. But you're, when the music comes on, you have kind of a no. <laughs> no, thank you. Not you, Mike. You have a dance about you. I've seen it. But you need to mix it up, though. It's kind of like the same dance every week. I, like, yeah, you, know, you mix it up. Just do some different. But like some of you, some of you or, or some of you, it's your finances. Like, well, I know what the scriptures say about finances, but I don't know if I can trust God. I don't know. I don't know that the math really works out that way. And you've got your, and just have, have a yes spirit about you. That's what unlocks this whole thing, isn't it? Because Mary, I guess, could have said no. She no, thank you. She could have. But she did. She had, she had it. Whatever, whatever, Lord, yes. May your word be fulfilled. And the last thought is this, is that this is what you really see to be true in life. And anybody that's been walking with God for any length of time, you'll amen this. And it's simply this idea. Watch, watch what, what Luke 21, 42 says. So in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Everybody say blessed. Now, this isn't Mary speaking. This is her cousin being like, hey, you said yes. Watch what happens now. And she goes on and says blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. And, you know, again, blessed is, again, one of those kind of words that we reduce down to like a churchy word. Like, hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. Um, but if we were on the street downtown, you know what I mean? Like, hey, how you doing? I'm cool. You know, 
At church, you're blessed. In life, you're cool. You know, whatever it is. But, but it's, it's, it's this idea of, of, of I've responded to God and now there's a joy in my life because of my response to God. Like many times the reason why we don't feel blessed or we don't experience joy, the reality is, is that the reason why we don't experience joy is because we've been having the no spirit where we keep resisting what God's wanting to do in our life. And then we keep bumping up into headaches or heartaches or problems or what the Bible refers to as sin and, and, and it's, it's negative consequences in our life. And we keep wondering why we struggle to experience incredible joy in life. And ultimately it's because we had a no spirit instead of a yes spirit. And it's just saying, yes, God, may your word be fulfilled in me. So the point is, this is that trusting God's word opens the door for God's blessing in your life. It's just and if you've been walking with God, you know this. You had this moment where you stepped out in faith. You trusted God. Maybe you struggled for a while. But when you finally said yes, you're like, I'm so, I'm so glad that I did. And anybody that's had that experience, you look at other people like, hey, you'll be glad. If you did. And so this is really this experience that Mary has, but it sets Mary up on a journey, right? And this is why we're talking about this on Mother's Day. Because now Mary, because of her yes spirit, because of this encounter with God, this encounter that changes her life. And really what we see changes the the trajectory of the entire history of the world. It sends Mary on a journey of motherhood. And that's what we get to celebrate today. But I cannot really speak to moms. Not really, you know, like, I don't know. I drove around one day like a taxi cab driver, and I'm like, I'm done. Forget this. Those kids can walk. Um, so, so, Tara Lee, when, we, when you look at the life, because this is what we did. We looked at the life of Mary. We want to discover, okay, like, God sends her. He has this encounter, but then he sends her on a journey of motherhood. And, and Mary's life, again, she's not perfect, but she exemplifies some really, really cool stuff. She's not perfect because she's human, so we realize that, which is amazing. Out of the billions of women that would be born into this world, that time in history, that woman, that's pretty awesome. But she was human, and and she did make some errors. She did lose Jesus for three days before she noticed that he was missing. Um, So she wasn't make you feel better, like you've ever lost your kid, right? I lost Caitlin and Coles one day, so she wasn't a helicopter mom. So if you're if you're a helicopter mom, go ahead and free yourself. You don't need to be a helicopter mom. But she did do four key things that I see in scripture that I think is important for us to to think about um, and talk about today. One thing that she did is she surrounded herself with encouragement. Um, The the reason we have to surround ourselves with encouraging people and be encouraging ourselves is that no matter our upbringing in life, no matter our economic status, um, no matter our education, uh, no matter our age, there's always going to be a strain and a struggle in this life. And that's just, that's true across the board. And so, um, in those times of struggle and uncertainty, it's really important with who you surround yourself with. And so in Luke one fifty six, we see what Mary did. Um, Todd touched on it briefly that Mary went and saw Elizabeth and it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is amazing to me because it wasn't like she went and had a little three-hour visit. She didn't have three minutes over a cup of coffee. She didn't go stay for three weeks or three months. Or she did stay, but she did stay for three months. And so that, to me, it shows intimate relationship. It shows that she had someone that she could draw strength from, and that's what she went and did. And so um, it reminded me of a time in my early 20s when I had I had made... It wasn't quite like Mary because... She was in an amazing situation, but I had made some pretty poor decisions 
um, in my early, my late teen years and my early adult years. Before I came into your life. Before this, <laughs> I, I had made a mess. <laughs> so, but I had made such a mess. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, but I had made such a mess, and some of you will relate to this. Like the pain is so intense. Like the the struggle is so intense that I I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't stand to be alone for five minutes. I had an Elizabeth, and I slept on her couch for probably two or three weeks before I was even able to go home and be alone and sleep on my own. Um, and what she did was so amazing for me. She was like an Elizabeth, and she told me that this moment in my story wasn't the end, that it was just a a piece of my journey that I was going to walk through and that God's plan was something bigger. And I didn't understand it. I hadn't been in the church all my life. I didn't know the scriptures, but I trusted her. I knew that she had peace and I knew that she had gone through struggles. And so I trusted what she was telling me, that, that Jesus that the work of the cross was already finished. And that if I'd stay close to him, and if I'd press into him, and if I'd worship him, and if I'd continue to fellowship with other believers like her, and continue to attend church, that Jesus would bring me to a place of peace again. And I and I just trusted her. And so sometimes um, there needs to be a time where an Elizabeth comes alongside of you, and there needs to be a time where you become someone else's Elizabeth. And he... Were you going to say something? Yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to jump on that because you, you are, you have different seasons of life. And, and when you're in a season of struggle, go find an Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, go find people that just prop you up, speak. Sometimes you want people like, this is why I love Pastor. Pastor Nate has the gift of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And man, it feels like he's blowing smoke right up, you know, my backside. But man, but you walk <laughs> away and you're like, God, I just, I just feel bad. As a matter of, I had this the other day. I, I'm a, I had, I had a, I had a church member give me a discouraging word. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the church. This is so good. So we're out golfing. And I don't want to name names, but what Jim had said was <laughs> that his goal in life was to become as thin as me and then put on muscle. And I thought, you're lucky I don't hit you with this golf club right now. Because no one would know. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all alone. Anyway, he said, I want, to get, I want to get as thin as you and then put on muscle. And I'm like, oh, I must be this skinny. I was like, oh my gosh. But, the, but, but check this out. So like two days later, I'm at, I'm at the, uh, the store to go see the tailor because I got to get a shirt fixed. And this is, this is the kindest words any man has ever spoken to me. This is Rich, you'll, you'll relate. This is what he said to me. He says to me, because I said, hey, man, I got to get this fixed on this shirt. I really like this shirt, but I got to get it fixed. I said, why do they make the arm sleeves so small? And he goes, they're not small. He's like an Italian. He's like, they're not small. You have disproportionately big arms. <laughs> And I hugged him. I just hugged him. I just thought, it's the kindest thing any man has ever said to me. Like, and I literally walked out of that store just feeling so just, the Lord is with me. Like God is at work, you know? Like, it's, it's true. But, the path, but my point is, is, as silly as that sounds, you, it is amazing what, what, just go back and think of the last time somebody said something encouraging to you. It does something at the biological level, at the, at the psychological level, at the spiritual level. I, I tell you, church, listen, listen, listen. One of the most spiritual things that you can do in life is encourage somebody else. 
It is powerful. The word, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. So go speak life. And when you speak life into other people, and I'm not talking about their, their, their physical look, but I'm just talking about anything, any way possible that you can encourage somebody. And so, yeah, there's seasons of life where you need to be encouraged. And sometimes here, here's one of the things I would encourage you to do too, is just be humble and ask for it. Like find some people that you trust and be like, hey man, I'm just kind of down and I could use any level of support and encouragement that you can give me. And then find Nate and he'll just say things, right? So I'm telling you, just it matters so much. But if you're in a great place of life, always be aware that there's somebody around you who could be lifted up and edified by your great words. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's good. And go see a tailor over at Nordstrom's. He's fantastic. I, I don't even feel like I need to, f- like you finished my point. Oh, that was beautiful. Wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. We're together like that. Yeah. We are one. So the first thing that Mary did is she surrounded herself with encouragement. The second thing that Mary did was she set her mind on the things of God. And as a, a mom, this can be insanely difficult. Like the silly videos of moms hiding themselves in the bathroom, like every mom, you guys have all done that, right? It's not just me. Okay. Thank you, Charlene. Um, so it can be just so hard to just carve out 15 minutes a day uh, to meditate or to pray or just to think and be quiet or just to have no one talk to you for a second, um, to be alone with your own thoughts. So I remember, <laughs> this is so crazy. Um, I remember being a new mom and I, all, I just had Peyton. So he was maybe just a few weeks old and I had to go to a doctor appointment. So I'm just, and then the schedule, moms, you know this, like you've got a nurse, you've got a burp, you've got to change that diaper, you have to change their clothes because they always blow out, and then you have to get ready yourself, and then you have to get out the door fast enough so that you can get to your next destination so that you can nurse them again. So I'm like a flutter and a flurry around the apartment, and I set Peyton by the door because I'd forgotten my keys. I run back and get my keys. I run back. I start to open the door and it's open like four or five, six inches. And I reach down to pick up Peyton and I realize, um, I don't have a shirt on. So, so I get, <laughs> but you know, you had, get, you had, you had some undergarments on. Though, I did. Right? Okay, I did. Good. And I, it was, you know, okay. he was born in September. So this is like October. So a cool, home, a cool breeze was blowing and I'm like, it's kind of chilly. Yeah. Cause I don't have a shirt on. So, um, yeah, setting, carving out time to set your mind on the things of God can be difficult as a mom. And I get that, but let's read what Mary did out of, um, Luke two verses 16 through 19. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So all this is going going on. There's angels appearing to shepherds. There's star in the sky. There's people bringing gifts. There's just all kinds of chaos going on around her. And she literally has the knowledge that she's given birth to the Savior of the world. And she pauses and she ponders and she treasures all these things up in her. And so my thought was, well, what, what do I treasure? What do we value as moms or just as followers of Christ? Um, what do you securely hold on to? And maybe even a better question is, is what important or what eternal truth do you hold on to that no one under any circumstances, under anything that could be said, could be taken from you? I had a moment like that um, 
during my early 20s that I just told you about. And someone had spoken in a message, Isaiah 52. And it was one of those moments, if you've walked with Christ long enough, if you've pursued him long enough, um, that you'll have. And I remember it as if it was yesterday. I told Todd, I'm like, I'm going to date myself because it was literally on a VHS tape. And as I said, I had made a mess of my life. And the, and the title was called, Your Past is Not Your Future. And I'm like, I can grab hold of that. And so as, as the um, message began to be spoken, she gets to the part where she begins to speak, Isaiah 52. And if you're in here and you're, you're new to Christ or you're searching for a moment where you need something to hold on to, you need life-giving word that you can hold on to that no one can ever shake from you, um, he will answer that. And this is what the Lord said to me in Isaiah 52. It says, Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. And this is what was amazing to me. It said, shake yourself from the dust and arise. Because the work of the cross is already finished. You already have on the inside of you everything you need to shake yourself from what culture had put on you, from the decisions that you had made, from all the stuff that had just come against you and the mess that you had made. Shake yourself from the dust and arise. And the very next line says something almost contradictory because it's like, well, arise, but now you're going to sit down in your rightful place. It says, sit down, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So everything that you need, is already on the inside of you. Loose yourself from it. Shake yourself from it. Arise and go sit in your rightful place. Because this mess that you've made, that's not what I had destined for you. You need to arise, shake yourself from it, and sit in your rightful place. So Mary, that's what Mary did. That's what she pondered things in her heart. And she never let go of what she had seen. And so she set her mind on the things of God. Jesus said in John 15, 5, When you're joined with me and I with you, the relationship is intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be abundant. Separate. So separated from Christ, you cannot produce a thing. And I found that to be very true. I couldn't produce any good thing in my life without the love of Christ. Um, The third thing that Mary did was she practiced radical obedience. Now, I know that only a handful of us are rule keepers in here. I'm a rule keeper. My daughter's one of my daughters is a rule keeper. <laughs> Any other rule keepers out there? You just you like, yeah. like it's just easier. Like I love you, people. <laughs> uh, it just makes sense. Like, why would you just not do what you're supposed to do? It's just I could answer that if you. I know, I know, and we have a little Tatalina. Our youngest is like. <sighs> Sometimes I just look at her and smile. So, <laughs> so in John two five. This is what the scripture says. Um, well, let's, let's, let's set up the, set set up up the, the story. Yeah. yeah, this is the story where Jesus is about thirty years old now. So I mean, like a ton of time. This is like a huge fast forward in history. And they're at a dinner party. It's a wedding feast, and they ran out of wine, which is really, really like all bad. Oh, how dare you? Judging eyes. How dare you run out of wine at like a multi day wedding feast? And so Mary, the way the scripture sets it is like Mary is almost like the wedding coordinator, like she was in charge. And so she flips out. And then what she does is, is that, you know, she goes to the servants and this mm-hmm. is what she says. So Mary says, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. 
It's so simple. Like Nike did not come up with anything. It was Mary. It was the mother of the Savior of the world that just said, just do it. So, um, but yeah, like Jesus is already 30. I have to wonder like what had been the experience up until that point? Why was she so confident in that statement? I mean, what, was there times when maybe she had to send him to the store for some lettuce and, and he's like, no mom, j- just check, check the, check the cabinet one more time. I, I think there's some there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's just what I think about. I see weird things in scriptures. Um, so my thought is, what has been your experience with Jesus? Um, and if Jesus is new to you and you haven't had those moments, then then look to those around you that have had those moments where it's just so real to them that whatever he would say to do, it's so simple. Just do it. Um, sorry, I'm making a pile on your on your pile. <laughs> um, and then and I remember that's what I did. I, you know, when I was new to the church and I didn't know anything, I just trusted what the other people said. Only a few people, but I trusted what what was told to me because I saw the fruit in their lives. Um, I remember, oh my goodness. Why is, I thought I'd tell stories about you. I'm going to tell another story about myself. What is up with that? So Peyton is now three and I'm like seven months pregnant with Lainey and we live in one of these insane, I would love to know who in the world invented these two and a half story condos that California has. Right? Everyone's like, ah, so seven and a half months pregnant, we're upstairs and we've all gotten ready. I send Peyton down to put his shoes on and get in the car. It's a full flight of stairs down to one level where I grab my purse. It's a half a flight down and to the living room and then another full flight down into the garage. So I finally make my way down there. Only I'd forgotten something. So I'm like, oh my gosh. And Peyton was just a little too small for me to send him back up. So I go all the way back up the first flight of stairs and then the second half of stairs and then the next all the way back down. By the time I come back down, I expect him with his shoes on in the car because that's what I had said to do and I assumed he was going to just do it. Right? Every mom in here is shaking their head. No, no, no. That is not what happened. So, um, you know, when you get frustrated as a mom, you don't say things overly nicely and um, sometimes you can kind of go on and on about things and um, I'm like, Peyton, why aren't your cheetah shoes on? His cheetah shoes were cheetah shoes because they made him run really fast. I don't know. Get your shoes on. And he's getting into the car and I'm a huffing and a puffing and I'm a blah. And I think I had promised him I had taken, and this was a problem for me. I took him to the store too much and let him buy what he wanted. And I said, we are not going to Target if you cannot listen or obey. I'm like, do you want the blessing? He's like, yes. I'm like, obedience brings the blessing. And I slammed the car door. <laughs> What how, an, how old is he? He's like three. What an absurd statement to say to a toddler. I'm sure he really grasped that. <laughs> yes. yes, mother. Obedience brings blessings. You're right. I will obey you now. I will I will do whatever you ask. That makes perfect sense. You'll I will buy me toys. honor the mother and father and I will be blessed all the days of my life. But as I did that and as I rounded the car, it was as if I could hear the Holy Spirit inside of me. Yeah. Obedience brings a blessing in your life too. And the scriptures out of Proverbs about um, a gentle word bringing life and health, uh, a kind word being like honey to the soul, and that words can be life-giving just flood through me. And I thought, okay, I need to be obedient to the word also. So um, 
Jesus says in Matthew 7, 24, Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation. Um, I highlighted that unshakable foundation so that no matter what happens, no matter how stressed you are, no matter how much you might flip out and lose it one day, your foundation is still secure and unshakable. Um, the last thing that Mary did is I believe she remembered the long-term plan. She ha- was eternally minded. Even though she couldn't maybe see the beginning from the end, um, she remembered the long-term plan. John nineteen twenty five through 27 says, Jesus' mother, his aunt, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene stood at the foot of the cross. Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing near her. He said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then to the disciple, Here is your mother. From that moment, the disciple accepted her as her own. It had been 33 years since Jesus' birth. 33 years of pondering and treasuring all that she had seen and heard in her heart. And she was committed to see this for the long haul. Um, The life of following Jesus is more than a good idea for the moment. Following Jesus to the end of this lifelong journey brings us to a a triumphant finish. But that... um, so many things in life, they're easy to start. A diet is easy to start. Uh, a fast is easy to start, but harder to finish. If you've ever water fasted, you know what I'm talking about. A new workout routine, easy to start, but hard to, hard to stick with. Um, a decision to be more kind to your amazing spouse, easy to start, hard to finish. Um, you're so easy to be honest, baby. You're amazing. Yeah. Um, a New Year's resolution to read more. Pretty easy to start. Hard to follow through with your lifestyle. Um, so being a successful finisher requires discipline, perseverance, um, dedication, commitment. Sometimes just sheer grit when you just got to get in there and get it done. And always being eternal minded and always having um, the whole story uh, in mind. And if we're honest, sometimes as humans, it's so easy to justify any any decision. It's so easy to quit. It's so easy um, to not finish the race that we've started. Did you move my you move my notes? So, as Todd mentioned earlier, I had I had this moment recently where um, I started a new job, and so I went from all these different scenarios, all my different hats as wife, as mom, at church, at home. Um, at the gym, I was just always in a secure and sure situation. And I, I know half the people's names where I shop at the store. I mean, someone I know probably helped him shop the other day. And so <laughs> he did. And so we had made this decision and I believe, you know, we had made it with wisdom. We had sought the counsel of other people. Todd was confident in the decision and I trusted that because I was too emotionally involved in the decision. I didn't know what it would do to our kids and to our homeschooling and da 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 da. So, but I'm in this new situation where I don't know the language, um, I don't know the schedule, I don't really know what's going on, but I kind of get what's going on, and I really was feeling just insecure and unsure of myself, which was a new situation for me. I was It's been a long time since I felt that way, and it had nothing to do with my job or my bosses because they're like one of the most beautiful couples that I've met. But it just had to do with me and my struggle. And so 
Um, on Monday mornings, I work at the church office with Kat. She's the beautiful woman that's giving you raffle tickets. And I'm just jibber-jabbering and expressing things, and she just turns into an Elizabeth and says, Wow, I sure do hear a lot of negativity coming out of your mouth right now. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. There was literally nothing for me to say than, You're right. And I need to make the decision to change what I'm thinking because out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is speaking and I need to be eternally minded and I need to be grateful for this situation and grateful for my bosses and grateful for the position that I've been given and grateful for the ability that my body is able to do what's required of me and that my mind is able to comprehend what I need to comprehend. And so I had to persevere and allow myself to go through being uncomfortable and insecure. And so all four of these things are just things that we see in the life of Mary. And I believe we have a pretty awesome, amazing woman in this church who has done all of these things, maybe unknowingly, but as she's walked through her life, and as you'll see her story, she's done these things. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at these four things, this person just walks them out, whether they thought about it or not, or instinctively, or however God guided her. We have a ton of great women in this church, by the way, but here's an incredible mom, an incredible story that we thought would encourage you today. Check this out. To me, to be mom strong means 
to be confident in yourself, uh, to be confident in the Lord, to not compare yourself with other women, other wives, other moms, uh, to know that it's not to be pinched perfect. So just to me, to be mom strong, it's to be confident in the Lord. Oh, give it up. Well, hey, that's what we really would love to, to pray over you guys this morning, uh, even you men. Because sometimes when you get a cold, you act like a baby. Oh, my goodness. Yes, uh, Even some of you men. I need you to not be a mom. I just need you to be mom strong. And all you moms out there, you guys do stuff that you can't quite quantify uh, what it is that you do and what it is that you give and what it is that you go through. And so, uh, yeah, Tira Lee and I would just like to pray over you moms this morning that you would take this blueprint given to us by Mary, the mother of Jesus, that you would go live that out and be incredible and be such a great mom. And so could you do me a favor? Everybody stand up on your feet real quick here with me today. And then if there's a mom by you, can you just grab her hand or put your hand on her shoulder? And let's just pray, everybody. Close your uh, head or close your head. Close your eyes and bow your head. And let's pray today. Heavenly Father, we lift up everybody in this room. But God, particularly our moms, God, we pray an incredible blessing, a special blessing over their lives. God, may you give them a strength, God, a grace, an ability, Lord God, a patience and an endurance that is so beyond their own abilities, God, that it can only come from you, God. We pray a peace over their minds, God, a peace that surpasses understanding, God. Would you give them just incredible wisdom and insight, knowing what to do and how to do it? what to say and when to say it, God. Would you give them that nurturing touch that God only you can provide? Lord, we pray for any, any woman in here that needs a word from you, that needs to hear you speak clearly to them, Lord. I pray that you would meet them in that place today and throughout their lives. In your presence, we pray, Lord. Come on, give me a good gospel amen, amen out there. And give these moms one more big round.